A quick message before you listen to this podcast, it was recorded remotely so the sound quality may be a little inconsistent. Hello and welcome to the Field Seymour Parks Family Team podcast. In this first podcast series we will be looking at the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, if indeed there is any impact on family proceedings. In episode one we are specifically going to cover divorce and finances and how these proceedings are being impacted by the pandemic. My name is Eleanor Curtis and I'm joined by my colleagues Alistair Yap Hello. and Hannah Sims. Hiya. Now Hannah, firstly, can I ask you, has the process for divorce changed because of the COVID pandemic? I think what I would say, first of all, is absolutely not. Um, the process is still very much as it was before. It may well be that there is a a slight delay in the courts dealing with it, but you still have the same ground for divorce, which is the irretrievable breakdown of the marriage. And you have to prove that that has been the case using one of five facts. Now, there are two facts that you can rely on if you want to get divorced immediately. And that is either the unreasonable behaviour of your spouse or the um, adultery of your spouse. However, if you want to wait for a little while so that you can use a no-fault ground for divorce, then you have to wait two years and you have to be separated within those two years. Now, I know that seems a little bit tricky during lockdown because you are obviously still living together. However, the good news is that you can still be living together and separated at the same time. I know that is a worry of a lot of people, particularly during lockdown. You may have realised in the news recently that there is um, a bill going through Parliament discussing a no-fault ground for divorce, which, although very good news for family lawyers, is not going to be in place for a little while yet. So the news really is that you're going to have to wait two years to separate without blaming the other party. Um, Now, I mentioned a little bit before about the delay in terms of divorce proceedings, and I don't know whether... Eleanor, have you had any issues with delay at the moment with divorce proceedings? I wouldn't necessarily say I've noticed a delay in clients wanting to press ahead. Um, I think a lot of the time clients at the moment seem to have a bit more time on their hands and are thinking about their futures and thinking about whether now is the time to start proceedings and and move things along a bit. Of course, that's not to say there's not delays with the court, which, to be honest, is nothing, nothing new. There are often huge delays with the court. And I wouldn't say that um, has improved. No, I I completely agree with you there. Actually, there's always been a bit of a delay, which has been made slightly worse with COVID, but not not to a huge extent. Um, I think, Alistair, you face the same delays, haven't you, with the court? Uh, yeah, there's absolutely been a delay um, through the court process and them actually issuing divorces and getting the formal process started. But I also think I'm experiencing that some clients are anxious uh, about their finances. So a lot of them are resisting going through a divorce at the moment just because they're worried about the financial impacts. Of course, you know, you've got more than one in four people furloughed. Uh, there's potential redundancies, people's pensions, investments have fallen. So I think there's a lot of anxiety around those issues, which perhaps is stopping people from actually starting the divorce just yet. And I think you're going to go into a bit more detail on that, Hannah. Exactly right, actually. Thank you for that, Alistair. Um, I think the key thing to know uh, with regards to initiating a divorce is that the divorce process is completely separate to resolving your finances. Although we try and 
make sure the two processes happen at the same time, you can still formally be divorced without having resolved your finances. Um, but that is very risky and it's something that we would advise against. So we need to make sure that whilst the divorce proceedings are, are going ahead, we resolve what happens with the matrimonial assets. Now, this is a bit, a bit more complicated at the present time because, of course, the market has taken a little bit of a dive. Um, but it is very important that we're using up-to-date figures when we come to negotiating settlements. So this has been a bit of an issue, for example, with the, the property market. So, of course, the family home is a, a very valuable asset when it comes to resolving financial matters and it will need to be decided what happens with the home. So it may well be that you're selling it. It could be that one person is purchasing the other person's share. But of course, it may well be that COVID-19 has had a, a benefit for some people as the house, housing market has dipped substantially. Perhaps somebody's share is worth less than it once was. So it may well be that COVID has a, a good impact for, for, one, for one party and not so much of a good impact for the other party. Um, there are, of course, other options with regards to uh, properties. You don't have to sell them. You don't have to buy the other, the other party out. There is an alternative, which is a measure order, which we are seeing a lot more nowadays. And I think, Alistair, um, you've had a bit of experience with, with measure orders. Why don't you explain what they are? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think the simple way to describe a measure order is it is a deferred order for sale. So you are saying we will sell the property, but we're, we're not going to do it just yet. Um, so where I'd say they're most common is where there are uh, children still living in the family home and perhaps if a, the sale of the family home went through it wouldn't be enough for both parents to be able to go out and buy new properties. So what a measure order could say is that uh, on certain triggering events the property is sold. So for example it might be upon the children uh, attaining at the age of 18 and finishing their secondary education. It might be on their uh, ex-spouse uh, remarrying or cohabiting with a new partner and so forth. So this is really a very good mechanism to ensure that the short-term housing needs of uh, a particular parent and the children are met if, the, if it can't be achieved through a sale at this moment in time. Exactly right. So I think what we're trying to say is that there are certainly different options for you in terms of properties and what happens with those. Um, I think what I'd like to just mention actually briefly whilst on that subject is that lawyers can obviously provide you with a lot of options. Um, I know that obviously people are facing financial difficulties at the moment and it may well be that one of the expenses that couples are trying to avoid are lawyers. Um, I have heard some horror stories about um, couples who resolve their finances between themselves and I think what I'd just like to mention is that it is extremely important that you receive legal advice on your potential uh, matrimonial settlement if only so that you know exactly what you're entitled to. Um, one of the major assets on divorce is pensions. Um, this is often something that people forget um, and particularly whilst the stress of a divorce is going on, you don't potentially think about the income that you'll receive once you retire in years to come. But pensions are extremely important and they can be very, very valuable. Um, pensions at the moment, they're a bit tricky because a lot, of, um, a lot of funds will have dropped significantly. Some will have remained um, at the same level. Um, but the good news is that the market is slowly recovering. So hopefully those pension funds will again um, increase as we as we come out of this um, 
So other matters that we would look at, for example, when we're looking at uh, resolving financial matters are investments. I've spoken about properties. I've spoken about pensions. Um, but really what I, what I need to say is that you need to get advice on this. And, and we are here um, and we are um, available to provide advice. So Hannah, what about the court process and court hearings? How are they impacted at, at the moment by COVID? That's a very good point, actually, Ellie. Um, and, and the court process is something which clients can be quite nervous about because it can be quite, quite drawn out. It can be quite stressful. But if you can't come to an agreement between yourselves with the assistance um, of solicitors, then it may well be um, that you have to attend court to ask for some help. Um, Alistair, I think you've had some recent experience, actually, haven't you, with remote hearings and, and how well they're going? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, really, my experience has been a bit varied uh, depending on what the cases have been about. So, for example, I found the courts are generally prioritising uh, sort of care cases, cases involving children, which unfortunately means that the financial matters, so uh, where people have gone to court on the finances following a divorce, unfortunately, these are the hearings most likely to have been adjourned and pushed back at the moment. So I think really that's led to a very good opportunity for people to explore other alternative dispute resolution options without using the court. That's right. So Phil Seymour Parks are, are very um, experienced in this in this arena. So we do have a qualified mediator, which is Sue, a partner in our team. But also Alistair is um, collaboratively trained. And I, I think that's an area that not many people know about. So it would be helpful, I think, Alistair, if you could give a bit of an overview on that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not a commonly well uh, option used by separating couples but essentially what collaborative law is is that generally I find that when people come to me for the first time they have good intentions and they want to resolve matters amicably what generally happens is a few letters get exchanged between solicitors and people then find it harder to negotiate um, perhaps things get lost in translation a little bit they find the letters a bit antagonistic and it doesn't actually help resolving matters with collaborative law, you remove all of that. So the idea is that you uh, have a series of roundtable meetings. So each, uh, each partner goes with their own lawyer and you have a roundtable meeting. And essentially you work together to try and find a solution that works for everyone. Um, obviously at this moment in time, physical four-way meetings might be quite difficult with social distancing measures. But there's no reason why the collaborative process can take place remotely. Um, and I think one of the real benefits of the collaborative process is that you can move at whatever pace feels comfortable to you. With the court process, you have to follow the court orders, the court deadlines, um, which, as Hannah says, that if there's delays, that could be even longer. Um, whereas with collaborative divorce, if you both want to try and get the divorce and financial issues done a bit quicker, it enables you to do that. Definitely. And I think now is the time whilst whilst we are facing these issues that it's it's important to find a solution that works um, for that particular couple. And it could be that you, you try certain options. If they fail, you can try other options. Um, so not not two divorces are the same um, and not two financial settlements are the same. And we need to make sure that we provide you with the advice that is relevant in your certain situation and what will work for you as two separating people. Thank you very much, Hannah. Not a problem. And thank you as well to Alistair. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. So coming up in the next episode of our podcast series, we will be covering the impact of COVID-19 on children matters. 
In the meantime, all of our solicitors in the family team are working remotely and able to provide you assistance should you need it. You can get in touch with us via our website, which is fsp-law.com. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.